Welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Remembering Blockbuster Video. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amandalorian. The wild yet elusive Jekka. Hello. And the rambunctious Bob. Hi. I feel All like right. my high was better definition this time. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. IMAX quality. Well, Folks, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to be talking all sorts of cool stuff, obviously reminiscing about Blockbuster Video, Hollywood Video, all those video rental places. But we're also going to be talking some nerd news. Everything from Captain Marvel 2 is being described as a mini Avengers movie. There's rumors that say Lucasfilm will not use Ray Park as Darth Maul moving forward. A trailer has been released for Netflix's Jurassic World animated TV show. Scientists have revived some hundred million year old microbes and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, man, we love you guys. Plus 10 nerd XP. Jekka. <laughs> we love you guys. You know, yeah, I got so much nerd XP at some point. I got to level up. Uh, every, every, what, what is it? Every, I don't know. Every hundred nerd XP you level up or something. I don't know. But, you don't uh, even know how to D&D, do you? Oh, dude, are, you, are you kidding me? I, I'm just wondering to what type of nerd you level up to. Uh, well, well, anyways, in the meantime, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So I found this out through a meme on Facebook. So this is what the meme said. A friend on Facebook posted about how Emily Dickinson used the common meter, and so her poems can all be sung to the tune of the Pokemon theme song. Here we go. Because I could not stop for death. He kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. Pokemon! Gotta catch him up. <laughs> it do it. So, so, wait, wait. So those are those are those are poems from That was who? okay, so the what, what I is... just sang, the words were from an Emily Dickinson poem. Okay. Okay, That's so cool. it just so happens you can Read them while singing Pokemon. Okay, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so that was my nerdy moment of the week. Is this is awesome? <laughs> that was kind of cool. All right, let's... dude, that's that's gonna Bob, change every English man. class we now. Got, <laughs> What's up, my brother? <laughs> Bob, we got a book we're supposed to be reading, aren't we? For our little Bob's book yes, club. Yes, the shadow of what was lost. And, and uh, you you just got done reading it, right? I did. I did. And I moved on to the next book. There's a bit of a time gap, about one year. Okay. And can you, uh can you can you tease the book for us a little bit? Like like is was it good? Is it worth our time? Well, you're reading it anyway, so he doesn't need to say that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, I, I, can I still t- need to request it from the library. <laughs> Sorry, go on, Bob. <laughs> Well, I can tell you with an Audible subscription, and we are in no way affiliated with Audible, um, you can actually get this book for one Audible credit. 
the uh, the basic premise of the book, just to recap, is that this character Devin is um, is what's called an auger. He is a more or less a type of wizard that has super special powers above other types of wizards. Now, throughout the story, it explains how he became this the super special kind of guy. And at the very end, there's a huge there's a huge reveal, a huge cliffhanger that I'm not going to reveal yet because I want you guys <laughs> to actually read something awesome. Yeah, why don't why don't you spoil the book for us so we don't have to? No, I'm not going to spoil the book for you. You're going uh, okay. You know the thing that's made of made of a bunch of sheets of paper that are bound on one hey, side. I need you to open that. You'll be. He's pr- not going to. You'll be proud of me because I got the audio book, so I'm going. You know what? It. Absolutely. Yeah. You so, know, and it is a. The, I have found that this is a great workout read. You know what okay. I'm talking about? You know, sure, throw the yeah. audio book on while you're riding your bike around. Sure, this sure. is a Ooh. great one for that because you can you can miss a beat without missing the point. Okay, cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, I got something I want I want to share with you guys too. Uh, <laughs> so last podcast. Last podcast, we were talking about the new Space Force symbol, which is a straight-up Star Trek, you know, triangle delta shape. Yeah. And uh, we were making jokes about, like, if I happened to come across a T-shirt with the uh, Space Force symbol in the top left, I would buy it because it would look exactly like the Star Trek uniform. Well, it just so happened, like, two days after we filmed this thing, I was at uh, Buckley Air Force Base which is turning into a Space Force base. And right nice. there in the front was the exact Space Force shirt we were joking about. Like, I didn't know it existed. I was just joking about it. And so I felt duty-bound to buy it. And I did. And I was giggling the whole way home because I knew as I was wearing that, I was going to have to touch my left breast, you know, pretend I'm hitting the uh, the comlink button. Uh, and every time I talk to Amanda, I'd, so I'd be like, did it? Austin to Amanda. Hey, what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> he did this for hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hilarious. He legit. on video chat. I did. I literally so did. So he could do this to them. Yes, I literally. Yeah, after Amanda got too annoyed, I started calling people on video chat just so I could, uh, you know, continue the joke. So anyways, I got a good chuckle out of it. F- 15 bucks for a t-shirt, and I got like a day and a half's worth of laughs out of it. So Hey, that nice. seems fun. Better than a movie. <laughs> I, go, I gotta go. say, one of my uh, one of my buddies is uh, in the Air Force, and uh, his name is Robert. And he told me as soon as the Space Force was announced, he's like, "I'm gonna enlist. My next enlistment, I'm gonna enlist as a space shuttle door gunner." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that, but I'm gonna give you credit every time." Yes, that and is Robert. Awesome. Wherever you are. We're going to be space shuttle door gunners together. Uh, <laughs> all right, I think, convoy. <laughs> all right, I think it's I think it's time to talk some nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is saying. That she will do a third Wonder Woman film, and, <gasps> and then she's walking away. Aww. So, uh, so, 
So during an interview, during an interview with the German magazine Geek, she talked about her work on the franchise so far and the possibility of a third Wonder Woman film. She said, quote, Wonder Woman 1984 gave me a chance to do a lot of things that I couldn't accommodate in the first movie. I was so happy to tell the Wonder Woman origin story. It was almost her birth. But we really haven't seen what she's capable of yet. It is exciting for me to show her at the peak of her strength. But it is also very important <clears throat> that she fights an internal struggle. She is a goddess and tries to help humanity. She is not only someone who fights evil, she tries to show bad people how to improve. It's an interesting dilemma, but the next one, Wonder Woman 3, is probably my last Wonder Woman, Woman movie. So I have to put everything I want to show there. We have to think carefully. So, you know, it's hard to say exactly, you know, what the third film might entail, considering, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 hasn't even come out yet, thanks to COVID. Uh, but I imagine... Uh, the third chapter of Diana, you know, story has to be set in modern day, I would think, you know. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's going to be set in Bob? 2020. Yeah. She deals with the virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's going to roundhound kick Wuhan. <laughs> yes. Wonder Woman 2020. Wonder Woman pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, I hope... I've. I think most people would agree. So like, you know, the first Wonder Woman film when it came out was a real good step in the right direction for DC movies. And I, yes. I, I hope Patty doesn't leave the DC EU altogether. I hope she has some sort of input to help craft, uh, craft that movie universe into its true potential. So, so I hope she doesn't walk away. Well, we just have to get rid of Zack Snyder and I think they could greatly improve it. What? <laughs> He's got the Zack Snyder cut coming out for uh, Batman v yeah. Superman. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm I am forward too. to seeing how that works out. Because I, I very much Justice League. <laughs> oh, you're right. You are <laughs> absolutely did. right. I Superman, minus 25 just... <laughs> nerd XP, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading this you, up at the pass. You, you rolled a one, buddy. I no, rolled no. a one. <laughs> Don't Not don't take Amanda's don't take Amanda's anti DC uh, comic films too too. I, to, I to, love too Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. I I can see the potential of a DC universe, and they're completely blowing it. Well, and a large part I, of that is, is Zack Snyder's vision no, that he started. Well, That's terrible. I, no. I disagree. I thoroughly I, disagree. I think they're going to use the Snyder cut as kind of a revamp and a not not a completely reboot, but just kind of like a curve in the universe and just kind of say, ah, forget that other one. Let's, let's a build recurve. off from here. A recurve, sure. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not like a reboot. Like three, or like what is it? The oh, the Days of Future Past, where they like reset no, 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 everything. A soft uh, reboot. Yeah. First class. No, they're That's going it. to. They're going to work the reboot in with, um, uh, what was it, um, in, in, Infinite Earths. Oh, I think uh, from what I understood, the Flash was going, they were going to do a uh, Flashpoint. Yeah. Flash like movie. And that was going uh, to act as kind of a reboot, a la the uh, Flashpoint of the Arrowverse. 
Yeah. Which would yeah. be awesome if they could connect that to the Arrowverse and have Barry Allen well, from well, the Arrowverse Grant Johnson come in. They, they did. They did. They did no. in the uh, in the um, Infinite cri- or Crisis, crisis Infinite on Infinite Earth. Earth. Uh, yeah, they had but if Ezra they... Miller's, they had Ezra Miller's Flash meet Bar- um, the Flash mm-hmm. from the TV show. TV show. Now all they need to tie that in is bring Grant into the Flash movie, and yes, we have yes. full circle. Yes, we do. Yes. Okay. Anyway, we've got we've got so much to talk about. Let, let's let's move on. So, Cap, check this out. Captain Marvel two is being described as a mini Avengers film. So, so an interesting rumor has surfaced regarding what we might end up seeing in Captain Marvel two, according like Iron Man, to, according to <laughs> MCU Direct. On top of seeing Captain Marvel back in action, Miss Marvel is also said to be appearing in the sequel and. It will be a mini Avengers film with many of the important MCU characters. It is also reported that it will adapt the secret invasion comic book storyline, which has been previously rumored. So if you don't know what that is, in the comics, the secret invasion story involves basically a long-term invasion of Earth by the Skrulls, who are, you know, the group of alien shapeshifters that we've seen. And they've been secretly replacing many of the superheroes in the MCU or in the Marvel comic universe with imposters over the years prior to an overt invasion. So so that's the storyline. So with this being a mini Avengers film, we could really start to work in some of the X-Men. And yeah. that could be really cool. And specifically the villains in X-Men to set up kind of meeting some of those villains against the Avengers to bring in the X-Men. Specifically, Uh, Rogue, when she was working for Mystique, which is how she steals Ms. Marvel's powers. Yeah. I I, I don't know if if they're going to be bringing uh, X-Men into the MCU Uh, this early, though. They weren't supposed to be doing it until Phase 4, from what I understood. This would be a light touch. This is a light touch. You're not actually bringing them in. You're foreshadowing phase a t- a five. Tease. This is a tease. Okay. So you have okay. the character of Rogue maybe being introduced as like building a friendship so she can get yeah. close to Miss Marvel to steal her. I don't powers. I don't even know if it would if if that would be uh, considered a tease. If if they've had, if they have one of the actual characters that's gonna turn into one of the X-Men, I think I think I think that's a little too much. I I I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if maybe the most we get of any sort of X-Men mention in a MCU film right now would just be some sort of like headline in a newspaper saying that like they just that. have mentioned. That, that would be about it. No, just a cameo of like Rogue walking in the background well, no, no, I, would I, be I get, amazing. I get, I get what you're saying. kind of mention of the genetic anomalies um, by, sure. some, by somebody in, in uh, whatever S.H.I.E.L.D. has become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. get what you're saying, but I just I, don't I think just they're going to go that cameos. far. I just want cameos. I want hints. I want the foreshadowing. I don't want it all right well, now. What I, well, yeah, but what I I'm saying is... I want them to build it. But what I'm saying is I think a cameo would even be too much right now. So yeah. I don't think they're going to go that far. But I, I have a question. I thought the scrolls were the good guys. Have you seen Scrolls Marvel? Yeah, that's why There's she thinks the scrolls right? are the good guys. In the like, beginning, no, 
Because the yeah. older, oh, wait, that's right. At oh, the yeah. end, at the end of Captain Marvel, the first oh, film, she frees the the scrolls. She, yeah, she's yeah. like she's basically teamed up with them at by yeah, the end of it. They're yeah. still bad. Yeah, they're totally bad guys still. Well, yeah, may, you know the way they could do it is maybe those were like a rogue element of the scrolls that just happened to be like somewhat good, but the majority of the scrolls have uh, an invasion. Plan. Okay, so because okay. I was so confused, I was like, wait a second. She saved them from the Cree. Okay. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Okay. That does make sense. That puts it in a better. I don't know. I don't follow that, the whole. I, I didn't know about Captain Marvel until the movie came out. I was like, oh, this is a person. <laughs> all right. All right. We, let, let's move on. Oh, we got, we got a lot to cover tonight. I am thoroughly uh, embarrassed by your lack of nerdiness with Marvel. Sh- Dude, you rolled a one. You rolled a one earlier. Okay. She's DC. <laughs> I did I, roll a one earlier. <laughs> Jack is more DC. I'm more Marvel. That's how we roll. Okay. Anyways, moving on, moving on. Reports. Reports are starting to come in that says Lucasfilm will not use Ray Park as Darth Maul moving forward. So there have been several reports regarding Lucasfilm's possible plans for Darth Maul in the live action Star Wars shows that are being developed for Disney+. Plus. There's even talks of a standalone Darth Maul TV series. But a lot of fans assumed that if this was true, we would see Ray Park back in the role. I mean, he came back as Darth Maul for Solo, A Star Wars Story. But apparently after he has shared an explicit video on Instagram, uh, the chances of him coming back to the role are slim. And in case you didn't hear about this, uh, supposedly the actor posted a sexually explicit video of himself. The video has since been removed, but the damage was done. And all sorts of rumors started hitting the internet from uh, everything from his account getting hacked to Ray Park himself posting it as some sort of revenge against his wife. But Ray Park's wife has come out and said that's not the case and they're doing great. Um, so, So what is going on? No one really knows the true story. And we did mention this. Uh, last podcast as well, but according to LRM Online, Lucasfilm and Disney have decided to move forward with Darth Maul, but without Ray Park. And like I said, we did mention this on the last podcast as a kind of a developing story, uh, because you know the, the circumstances around the video are still unclear, but we mentioned it last podcast, and a fan of the show, Michael Bird, sent us his thoughts on the situation. And he said... Quote, hey, super nerds, uh, heard you talking about the whole Ray Park situation. I thought I would send you my two cents. Look, I get it. But I think Disney would just, uh, but I think Disney should just let it sit and then use him. I mean, if you take it all at face value, what did he actually do? He and his wife are clearly still in love. They've videoed themselves in the bedroom. Then he accidentally uploaded it and then deletes it. If that's true... It's a mistake, but it's not like some other celebrities where we have learned that they were a liar, a cheater, they were hurting somebody, a racist, etc. He and his wife are in an active, very active marriage, and he accidentally uploaded a video. Not the worst thing in the world. I mean, Disney fired James Gunn from Guardians and then walked and they him back. back. Yeah, yep, they and then walked back. that back. I'd say let this cool off and then still use him. Hey, Michael. Uh, thanks so much for sending that in, man. Those are some great talking points. Uh, I don't know what do you what do you guys make of this? 
What yeah, you, you know, Michael, I got to say, I, I agree with you. James Gunn, James Gunn made a mistake back in the day. He said some stupid stuff. And they brought him back, more or less because of the outrage of the fans and the popularity, but they still brought him back. That means that there's got to be some wiggle room with stuff like this. Yeah, maybe sharing something like that is probably not a good idea when you're a public figure. But at the same time, should you lose your job over it if it was not malicious? Probably not. But that's, but that's just the my thing. two cents. But that's the thing. We don't we the, we still don't know the real story around this. Wife um, said we, it's not uh, malicious, so I go with what the wife says. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jekka, Amanda, what are your two cents? Uh, I, Ooh, I yeah. Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Okay. <laughs> I do not always pay attention whether my phone got put into sleep mode or not when I carry it around. And I have kids all around me and I hit random things sometimes. And I'm like, what did I just do on my phone? And it could have been one of those moments. And how fast was it deleted? Was it deleted super fast? I don't know. I've, I've heard mixed results. I've, I heard that it, uh, so, so it got posted on Instagram and it got posted on Twitter. What I heard was it got deleted relatively quickly on Twitter, but it did not get deleted relatively quickly on Instagram. Okay, so the reason why that is is because people can connect their Twitter and Instagram accounts. So when you post on Twitter, it automatically yeah. posts on Instagram. That could be the case. That's and true. so he probably I, realized it, it was an accident on Twitter and forgot that his Instagram account was linked. That's true, that's Amanda, because good. like I have my Instagram account linked to my Twitter account. And lately, I've been trying to, like, get on my Twitter account, but I've forgotten my password, and it has been a hassle trying to just, like, get reset my password. So I could see that being the case, you know? Um, yeah. I, I'm with you, Bob and Michael. Like, I'm with you guys. Um, It sounds to me like it was just a mistake. Like, you know, maybe he was wanting to load something else, and it got loaded, and, you know, he didn't realize it was the wrong video until people started talking about it and he's like oh crap you know so so yeah. imagine that, this one of the most embarrassing moments of your life and all of a sudden you're losing your job over it right yeah Ugh. i agree tiny tiny with all of this being said i i gotta say something to this guy if you're out there and listening turn your phone off don't take videos of yourself trust me you're not gonna watch it <laughs> I mean, like, don't like, put yourself Bob, in that position. Is is this from experience? Are you are you passing Don wisdom? Hey, PG podcast, brother. PG podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. Well, and draw to this Mickey Mouse. You know what I'm saying? Di Dis Disney Disney kind of has this reputation of trying to avoid any possible controversy. Uh, so. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it doesn't. As soon as I heard this, I kind of wish it wasn't. I, I, I was wishing it wasn't true because I, I uh, Ray Parks, Darth Maul has a very distinctive look to him. And when you see other people cosplay as Darth Maul, like you can always tell it's not Ray Parks face that that's providing the contour of uh, Darth Maul's face, you know. So I don't know. We will see. We will see. But let's one, move last, on. one last one last thought. One last thought. 
The Emperor was played by multiple actors. No, no. what? No, no. Yeah, yes, sort, yes. Sort of in ep- okay in in episode five originally, it was played with another dude who had like monkey eyes. But it's but you know it's been Ian McDiarmid from episode six on. Trust I'm me. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I'm just Anyways. saying that it's not the actor; it's the story. Bob, you're gonna I, lose let, nerd points with Austin. No, 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 no. I am not. I, I'm not an actor loyalist. Okay. I'm a story loyalist. All right, all right, all right. You ready? You ready for this one though? If you, if if you are not an actor loyalist, I'm gonna put that to the test right now. Because are you ready for this? There's been reports that Michael Jackson tried to become Professor X in the X Men movies. What? Seems like it. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes. Michael. I mean, we Jackson. had a Nicholas Kid Superman, so why the hell not? Michael Jackson wanted to play Professor X in the X Men film franchise. That is true, guys. So, the Hollywood Reporter recently posted an article that takes a deep dive into director Brian Singer and the traumatic drama that occurred on the set of the original X Men movies and how it created a, a monster. Apparently, and and it's quite an interesting article filled with some. Uh, messed up information however there's one in here there is there is one fun bit of information that was revealed uh and and it's unexpected you know it turns out that early in production michael jackson met with singer to pitch himself as professor x that's right michael jackson wanted to play charles xavier okay now michael jackson's voice (laughs) Talking to Wolverine. <laughs> Just that thought. Just that thought. It's okay. so hard go. imagining. It's so hard imagining Wolverine taking him seriously in any way, uh, shape, or form. So, so, so check this out. The report says that the meeting took place in the spring of 1999, and Michael Jackson walked in the door wearing sunglasses and refusing to shake people's hands. And X-Men producer Lawrence Schuller Donner recalls, quote, I said to him, do you know Xavier is an older white guy? And Michael said, oh, yeah, you know, I can wear makeup. (laughs) That's true. So Jackson apparently developed an elaborate presentation to try and convince Singer to let him play Professor X complete with a short film called Ghosts, in which the pop star morphs into a 60-something white mayor, uh, rallying or uh, railing. railing against a well-meaning performer who entertains local children with magic tricks. 20th Century Fox, the studio behind the film, never took Jackson serious for the role. But uh, what's funny is X-Men producer Ralph Winter, who was there for Jackson's visit, explained that, quote, it was just another day in the singer vortex in which nothing was predictable, impulsivity reigned, and there was always an entourage. <laughs> Seems oh, legit. Okay, so now I'm trying to picture Michael Jackson as Professor X in front of a large group of students trying to teach them <laughs> physics. <laughs> you, you just got to add a hee-hee every while. I don't, I think, like, has... Michael Jackson ever been in a movie? I don't even know. Has he been in a movie? Because I mean, Thriller. yeah, makeup is amazing. Like we, you know, 
<laughs> does amazing things with makeup, but it's like, if can the person pull that off? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Because, like, when I first thought, like, going to Crimes of Grindelwald, when, like, Johnny Depp was Grindelwald, at first I thought it was cool, but as he acted it out, I was just like, no, I'm just seeing Jack Sparrow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, could you? Oh, I can't yeah, imagine Michael Jackson sitting in a chair for two hours. I just, I would just expect him at any moment to get up out of the wheelchair and start moonwalking or something. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been great for first class. Maybe first class would have been great. Well, no, no. no the the problem, the problem is, does he have the carriage to pull off Professor X? <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep doing that, don't you? <laughs> I mean, have you ever listened to his interviews where he talks? He's very soft-spoken. He is not the commanding presence. Like, even though Charles Xavier can't walk, he has a presence that just projects confidence. That Michael Jackson, soft-spoken, I don't think he could act that across. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't expect him to be able to do that at all. Um... That's why they needed... Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, yeah. Jean-Luc Picard, who can project that <laughs> confidence. Right. That, that, Jean-Luc uh, Picard. I just got onto YouTube, uh, and I found 10 hours of Michael Jackson noises. <laughs> Wolverine! You have to save Rogue! <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I I think it's time to move on. All right, you ready for this? We we can go for about a billion hours with this and go in deep <laughs> into inappropriate territory. Mm-hmm. All right, so check this out. I didn't even know Netflix was doing this, but a trailer for Netflix's Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous has been released. Now, Netflix and DreamWorks Animation uh, have released their trailer for their upcoming animated TV series uh, in which will feature a story that follows six teenagers who visit Islar Nublar, uh, or, or Isla Nublar for a fun little adventure camp that turns into a nightmare when the dinosaurs wreak havoc on the island. So this eight-episode series, I guess it's supposed to help us, you know, tie it over while we wait for uh, Jurassic World Dominion. but Or a summer camp next year. Yeah, so, so the official <laughs> synopsis of Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous reads, quote, set against the timeline of the blockbuster film Jurassic World, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous follows a group of six teenagers trapped at a new adventure camp on the opposite side of Isla Nublar, where the events of the film unfold and dinosaurs are unleashed across the island, each kid realizes their very survival rests on the shoulders of themselves and their fellow campers. Unable to reach the outside world, our six teenagers go from strangers to friends to family as they band together to survive the dinosaurs and uncover hidden secrets so deep they threaten the world itself. So Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous premieres on Netflix September 18th. Let's let's take a listen to the trailer and then we'll uh, talk about it shortly afterwards. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Is this not the most amazing camp Whoa. you have ever seen? 
talking over everyone. I think they should make a Jurassic Park movie where nothing bad goes wrong. That would be a plot twist. <laughs> they just show people standing in line trying to get to the front of the line and by the time they get to the front of the line they have to close the, the attraction for some reason. Yeah, exactly. they, could do it. they could do the nothing entire movie wrong. with footage from Disney World. <laughs> uh, all I know is my kids watched this ridiculous show about kids at summer camp for eternity. Like they watched multiple seasons of kids at this crazy summer camp. And I'm like, I, I, I'm so excited because we know these kids have an end to their summer camp. <laughs> and that will make me happy. Well, I don't know. I mean, okay. Did, th did this look terrible or did it look like something that you might want to watch with your kids or something? I mean, it did kind of have, uh, you know, cool Jurassic Park stuff. I mean, it's, it's CGI animated, but I don't know. It, it looked, the trailer, in my opinion, looked pretty intense for a, a kid's TV show. What do you guys think? Yes, no, maybe so? My first thought, honestly, was what parent in their right mind would send their kids to that <laughs> island by themselves for summer camp? I don't know. They probably signed a waiver. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Well, that's what happened in the uh, Jurassic World movie. They sent possible. their kids there. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think I'll. I, I I could see myself maybe sitting down with the kiddos and watching that. I mean, I've I've showed I showed all my other kiddos the the Jurassic Park films way too early in life, so I might as well watch this one. This one will be tame compared to the movies. Yeah, I'm still mad about that. Yeah. Man, my well, daughter watched a Lord of the Rings like two years ago. She's good. <laughs> he had, my son was two when he first started showing him the Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Oh, you got me beat, but my daughter laughed her head off when that lawyer got his head, it got chopped. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, my son was sitting on my lap and he, uh, he peed so much that he peed through his diaper and all over my lap because he was so scared of the T-Rex. So, lesson learned. And moving on, uh, three classic characters will be in Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series. So Frodo. No, 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 no. It, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. <laughs> it, yep. So, according to the OneRing.net, the upcoming Lord of the Rings series is going to feature three classic characters from the story, including Sauron, Elrond, and Galadriel. It was already reported that Galadriel was cast in the series and that she would be played by his dark material star, 
Morford Clark. Is that, you, is that how you say that name? Morford Clark. Morford Clark. However, however, we don't know how big of a role that she'll play in the story. We don't know how big of a role any of these characters will play, but it's exciting to know that they're going to be in the series uh, because they were around during the Second Age. So it makes sense because the series is set in the Second Age of Middle Earth, which is about 3,000 years of history before the beginning of the Lord of the Rings movies. So, so Amazon has committed to five seasons of the series. They will spend wow. over a billion dollars bringing the story to life. The, uh, the show's official Twitter account previously shared an image of a map teasing the setting along with two messages, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them in the land of Mordor, where the shadow lies, as well as welcome to the Second Age. And in the Tolkien mythology, the Second Age was the time in which the rings of power, including Sauron's one ring, came into existence. It was also teased that the film could involve the island of Numenor, and the series will be shot is being shot in New Zealand, and the studio actually already uh, announced that they're moving forward uh, with production on season two. So the untitled Lord of the Rings TV show is expected to hit Amazon Prime sometime in 2021. I just want to point out how well you read all of those hard Lord of the Rings no, names. I know they're good. Job, hey, have you guys ever tried um, the uh, pharmaceutical or antidepressant or Lord, or Lord of the Rings name? <laughs> what is that? Have you guys done that yet? I know no, I haven't. I'm going to have to send it to you. Oh, I, I know you. Lord of the Rings. I mean, our, our daughter's named after Arwen. It's just, I've got a cough drop in my mouth, which is actually helping me, you know. Because normally with all this talking, my mouth starts getting dry. When my mouth gets dry, my tongue doesn't want to move as much. So I will get you hard candies for every podcast all from right. now on. Anyway, the, the story is not my pronunciation. It is that we've got, we've got, some good Lord of the Rings news. Jekka, what do you think about this? Dude, like, this is actually making me want to reread the Silmarillion. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. I actually want to reread the history book of Middle Earth. So, you know, but first I got to read I, Bob's book and then I can tackle that one again. <laughs> there. So, I got to say, the uh, the advertisements were lackluster compared to the advertisements for The Wheel of Time. The advertisements for the wheel time, they hit me in the heart like nobody's business because I've read the stories. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm not making but, the connection with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Amazon is doing Lord of the Rings and they're doing Wheel of Time. Oh! Dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like, wait, when did Wheel of Time? But I the, remember hearing rumors about that, but I didn't know if they were going forward with it. They did. They did, and if you watch, if you look on Twitter, they do have, um, they do have uh, some static ads for that. Okay, um, Jekka, yes, did you see the Pride and Prejudice with um, Kieran Knightley? No, the one with zombies. No, no. Okay, so Jane, <laughs> a little fun fact about me, you guys. I'm not a big fan of like chick flicking movies, and since no, okay. Pride and Prejudice, wait, let me finish. Since Pride and Prejudice is like considered the ultimate chick flicking movie, it's actually on my bucket list to never watch it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the actress. You're gonna make it through life without watching this. 
Okay. So give her more than that, Austin. Give you the image of Moraine. Jane play uh, the actress who played Jane in that Pride and Prejudice movie is going to be playing Moraine in the Wheel of Time. Oh, took me a while to think of that. Who I was like, who's Moraine? But I remember now. When did they announce this, and how did it slip past our nerd radar? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I I just remember hearing rumors like several years ago, but I never finished Wheel of Time, so I just kind of was like, yeah, okay, stole cool. my phone, so I can't look at the cast anymore. Uh, okay, all right. Anyways, okay. Anyways. So I will tell you the deep, deep regret I have is I was actually going to be on a one of those um, panels that they have of people that they're testing things. I was set to be on a Lord of the Rings, uh, not Lord of the Rings, a Wheel of Time panel for the new TV series. What? And I was late by five minutes. And they wouldn't let me in the panel. And I knew it was for the Wheel of Time TV series. And I was Mm. dying. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I would have put my kid in a -a tilt-a-whirl for five hours to get that. (laughs) Yeah. I missed the panel by five minutes. Oh, man. Announcement, I would not actually put my kid in a tilt the world for five hours. <laughs> well, well, moving on. So, so staying in the fantasy genre, uh, Ron Howard says he's very optimistic about a Willow 2 TV show. So Ron Howard and John Kasdan have been hard at work developing a sequel series to Lucasfilm's classic fantasy adventure film willow even though disney hasn't officially greenlit a willow tv series for several months now the development has been in full swing with a writer's room scripts location scouting and everything so willow director ron howard recently appeared on andy cohen's serious xm show radio andy and in it Ron Howard said he's very optimistic. Let's go ahead and take a listen about that. Listen to that. Been renewed interest in a lot of uh, past classics with the release of Disney Plus, including uh, Willow, which you (laughs) directed. You know, you were in discussions about developing a Willow sequel series for Disney Plus. Where do those talks currently stand? Those uh, I I was in a, a two hour story meeting last night. Um, oh, good. And, uh, so uh, uh, the the writer John Kasdan is 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 leading uh, the charge. They have a you know a, a, a great great group of writers, and it's in very active development. And 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 the okay. scripts are going great. Uh, Talk- so they have to get through the season and and uh, budget and uh, and 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 so forth it's there's no green light there yet but i'm very optimistic really oh, optimistic about it i love all time i love his take on it Woo-hoo. so howard previously talked about the concept of developing a willow prequel series saying i'm sorry a, a willow sequel series saying i think it'd be a great way to go in fact george lucas always talked about the possibility of a Willow series and it'd be great and more intimate and built around that character and some of the others. And John Kasdan has, I think, an inspired take on it and it could be really, really cool. The filmmaker also previously said that the series 
would explore a more mature Willow. He also said Warwick is so cool and so good, and he's such a good actor that I really hope we get a chance to see the mature Willow in action. Dude, we've got movement on a Willow TV series, and I personally think that this is 100% a good Yes. Yeah. As long as we get some Val Kilmer in there and he well, doesn't die on episode one. Well, Val, have you seen have you seen pictures of Val Kilmer lately? Yes, he's, he's enjoying the life. No, he's that, not. He's oh, not he, even. Oh, he's not. No, he's had like throat cancer. Oh yeah, and and he he's he's uh, oh. nowhere near what he used to be. Um, he he. Like he can't even like probably open his mouth. I think he's speaking with one of those little things right now. Oh, so bad. he's like yeah, one, of the- one of my favorite actors. We can't still lose is Batman. He yet. is still my favorite actor. One of them. Yeah, and and a lot of the Val Kilmer uh, pictures that you see, he's always wearing like neckerchiefs. An ascot. And, yeah, an ascot because it, it, it's hiding all the uh, scars from his his throat cancer. So so I I you know. I'm I'm right there with you. Val Kilmer back as Mad Mardigan would have been epic. You know, they could have him like pointing at things and directing people, like being like the kind of old commander. Maybe what they could do. Oh, jeez. You know, maybe what they could do is uh, have Mad Mardigan's presence be in the film, but but not have Val Kilmer. Like maybe Mad Mardigan was like this you know, great general that helped save this entire region of land. And they have like this great monument to, uh, you know, commemorate his, uh, his memory. Uh, but maybe he's passed on or something, or he died for some bigger purpose. I don't know. I, I, I hope they talk to Val Kilmer and find a way to at least do something with him. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just like on a brief cameo, like, that would be great. Yeah. On his deathbed. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's morbid, but they could take advantage, man. They take advantage of women who are pregnant. Yeah. Well, we we got a lot of fantasy TV that's coming, and if you uh, if you like uh, swords, knights, dragons, uh, you know all sorts all sorts of cool stuff, we got a lot to watch in the near future. So moving on, we got some science news. We've 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 been neglecting science for a little while. We have, and I feel bad. So we got so it's the rest NASA. of the nation. <laughs> oh boy, NASA has sent okay. off the world's technologically advanced rover to Mars. So this is going to be an awesome, uh, awesome situation in a few years. Engine ignition two, one zero. Liftoff. As the countdown to Mars continues, the perseverance of humanity launching the next generation of robotic explorers to the Red Planet. So, the Mars 2020 mission is on its way to the Red Planet after a successful liftoff from Launch Complex 41 at Cape Canaveral, Canaveral Air Force Station uh, on July 30th. Uh, the incredible new mission is sending the Perseverance rover and the small helicopter Ingenuity to discover some of the mysteries of Mars with the two technological marvels set to land in late February 2021. So check this out. Perseverance is the fifth Martian rover developed by NASA, 
and is certainly the most advanced. The rover's suite of instruments allows for some incredible geological investigation of the Martian surface, particularly of the Jezero Crater, an ancient lake with extensive clay deposits and clear evidence of water flowing billions of years ago. This is where it is due to land. And its array of instruments includes more cameras than any interplanetary mission in history. And this is really cool. It has an instrument called the Sherlock designed to investigate the potential signatures of organic molecules and maybe even life. The mission will also record the sounds of Mars for the first time ever, thanks to microphones on board. And you better believe, as soon as they get that released by you know by NASA, we'll be listening to Mars on the podcast. It'll probably just sound like... <laughs> you know? This planet is not big enough for the both of us. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably hear some Martians and just be like, oh my goodness, there is life. Let's get to Mars. <laughs> They sound like the 1960s. Uh. <laughs> All right, and then check us out. We got some more science news. Scientists have succeeded in reviving 100 million year old microbes. The microbes were retrieved deep under the sea floor in the heart of the South Pacific. The microbes spanning 10 major and numerous minor groups of bacteria may be the planet's oldest known organisms. Up to 99% of the microbes date back to the age of the dinosaurs and somehow survived despite having essentially no nutrients for all that time. The researchers led by Japan uh, Agency for Marine Earth Science and Technology incubated the microbes for up to 557 days in a secure laboratory setting, providing carbon and nitrogen food sources. And the microbes grew and they multiplied and displayed metabolic activities. And researchers said, quote, the most exciting part of this study is that it basically shows that there is no limit to life in the old sediments of Earth's oceans. So what's crazy is if they bring back samples of microbes from Mars, oh, they could revive Martian microbes. Oh wow! Well, have I just gotta say they were so concerned with whether or not they they were so concerned with whether or not they could that they never stopped to think of whether or not they should. And now we know where COVID nineteen came from. <laughs> Actually. I guess the dinosaurs. It. It's what killed the dinosaurs. Uh, they'll call it COVID twenty or something. The next, the next Martian one or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Incredibly cool. About, I just want to add real quick. The thing about this that's really cool is it shows that like a lot of microbes, and I'm I'm not a microbiologist, so I don't really know if this is a common thing, but this like implies that microbes can kind of go into an extended hibernation mode. We could figure out the yeah. whole carbonate, carbonite thing. Oh, putting people in carbonite, chiral freezing. Interesting. Are endless. And and we we promised we would use uh you know freezing uh, carbonite freezing for good, not for evil. Maybe we'll you know. No you know. bounty hunters are allowed to use carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> for law, I swear. Well, 
We'll use it to help transport and keep food fresh or something. So, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. moving on, moving on. We got, we got a couple more things. All right, the post pandemic Hollywood slash movie theater business model may have been revealed. So the way new films are going to be distributed is about to change in a big way. It's a change we saw coming and we talked about it. You know, I think it was like episode 94. uh, You know, coronavirus may kill the movie theater, but this is a change that we saw coming and that the industry is being forced to make thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. But, you know, there had been a bit of a feud between Universal Pictures and AMC's theaters that started when Universal started to release their films on video on demand early and bypassing theatrical releases altogether, as they did with Trolls World Tour. And AMC theaters wasn't happy about it, but Universal Pictures continued to work with them and try to work out some sort of deal. Well, the two have made a deal and they have signed an agreement that may pave the way forward for how studios and movie theaters will release their films for years to come. That agreement is a multi-year deal that allows movie theaters to initially premiere new films on the big screen and then the studios can premiere the film for rent on video on demand services three weeks after the theatrical debut. So in short, a new movie will hit the theaters and in three weeks later be on video on demand. The agreement also states that the theaters will help promote the video on demand releases and the theaters themselves will share in the video on demand uh, revenue stream. So this means that the theaters will get a cut of the money made on video on demand rentals. Okay, so just to point out, Netflix was trying to work out this deal less than a year ago in November for its, um, I'm trying to remember the Scorsese film. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The Hitman. The Irishman. Irishman, yeah. Okay, there we go. so they were working on this and trying to get theaters to do very similar to this. And what's so funny to me is less than a year later, that Netflix can now reap some of this reward. So did Netflix create COVID? To- no. <laughs> Jeff, coming up with all of these conspiracies There's today. Like, prices. this is awesome. <laughs> I am very good at conspiracy so, things. <laughs> but check this out. The, the agreement also states that the films that premiere on video on demand will roughly go for $20 a movie, and the price cannot be lowered for at least three months after the film's theatrical debut. And now what's interesting is just a few hours ago, Disney made an announcement. And Amanda, did you want to announce yeah. that? So Mulan will be getting a limited theater release and will be on video on demand. I believe it was on, on Disney. Oh, Plus. on Disney plus, not just video on demand, Disney plus uh, on September 4th, I believe was the date. And, you can't just, it's not just having the Disney Plus account. You have to have a Disney Plus account and then rent it on Disney Plus for $30. $30. What? Yep. Why? So. Because we I have all the money. Well, because they're, they're trying to make their money back. I mean, they we're desperate enough that, to watch something new that we're going to pay for it. Not no, to me. 
I was going to take them. in the theaters. I was going to take my oldest two, and I was going to have them go watch Mulan with me because I thought it would be awesome. Well, I so mean, $30 is actually pretty cheap for my family to go to the movies. It, well, I mean, and that's that's the thing. I mean, if, if $30 is too much, then make sure you get to the uh, movie theater uh, if you don't want to spend that much money. But, like, for some people, 30 bucks, you know, you, you can get, like, 10 people in a room and all watch it for 30 bucks. Everybody pitches in $3, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about inviting my mother down for it and maybe some cousins. And have a movie watch party with it. Well, it's a good um, argument. <laughs> this is a public yeah, so. disclosure that we in no way dis, uh, condone violating any terms of EULAs whatsoever. Well, <laughs> this, this wouldn't violate terms of use because it's all in your home. You're not charging people at the door for it. Well... That's interesting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think of that. Well, if, if Disney's going to do that, they're going to have to face that possibility. I'll say that. If they're going to charge they 30 bucks, like, people are going to do, like, make the most of it. Like, they're going to have movie parties with family. Well, you guys laugh, but there have been, uh, there have yeah, been stories I, yeah. of people, or there have been stories of charity work that has been charged for the use of Disney films. Now, granted, yeah. uh, the charges were dropped late, uh, once Disney figured out what was going on. However, a lot of these things will end up in an automatic an automatic filing of charges, especially if you advertise something like that. Now, well, just doing it well, in your house probably not going to set anything off. But go ahead. Well, no, I was Bob's just going to say this is a multi-year deal. So this is not just a, you know, wait till the you know quarantine's over. This is mo- a multi-year deal. And I think it's going to be a framework for or a template for other studios moving forward. So, And I totally see me calling up my cousins for things like this and be like, hey, let's have a big sleepover with all our kids yeah. and watch... Of nah, movies, may, yeah. on, maybe on mid tier films, but not not Star Wars, Wonder Woman, you know, Avengers level big hits. We're going to the theater. You and I can go to the theater, but I can do this for the kids. All right, that's cheaper. All right, all right. So, all right, moving on. Last, last but not least, this is hilarious, guys. A bitter boyfriend is using his ex girlfriend's phone number to host. A Chewbacca growling competition. <laughs> so down down in Queensland, Australia, a couple has been making the news because their relationship has come to a bitter end, and the boyfriend has used this as an opportunity to prank his ex-girlfriend. The uh, boyfriend has been posting around town flyers with his girlfriend's phone number and saying he will offer a $100 prize for whoever calls in and offers up the best Chewbacca impression. <laughs> so so let's listen in. I would not win. Let's listen in as uh, Queensland's Channel 9 local news fills us in on the rest of the story. The Star Wars sequel we never saw coming. The tale of a Queensland woman, a bitter breakup, and at the centre of their galactic split, a Wookiee named Chewbacca. 
A three-year relationship has turned sour. Can's mum, Jessica, dumping her cheating boyfriend. As payback, he's plastered her phone number around town, advertising a Chewbacca roaring competition, promising a $100 prize for the best one. <laughs> well, I'm getting phone calls at really strange hours of the night, about 1 o'clock till 4 o'clock, eh? I thought it was quite a funny, actually. I thought it was um, a good joke. <laughs> A good sport, Jessica is. Just pull it down, please, and, yeah, have a laugh for me. And if you want to make a phone call, go for it. I don't mind. Bring it on. <laughs> but here's the dark side. Jessica says he's even dumped his car, tyres removed, in the driveway, blocking her in. Luckily, the force is strong in the far north. The police got in contact with me, and finally they're going to do something about it. And? There's a new hope. Uh, if there's anyone out there that can do the real Chewbacca sound, I might marry ya. <laughs> Adam Hegarty, Niles. That's pretty epic. That's and awesome. she's, she's taking it all in stride, so. I don't know. That's I, I had a teacher that could do a real, like, Chewbacca sound. A good one? A real good one, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I give that. One of my Silly. friends who had never Silly. seen Star Wars. I'd give it a B. Wait, wait, wait. What, what's that, Chica? I was going to say, one of my friends who had never seen Star Wars, but like just heard the Chewbacca sound enough, could do it pretty well. <laughs> she had never seen Star Wars. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And yeah. she could do the just, just growl from, pretty like, well? Is, hearing is like, clips mean, of it and stuff, like she could do it pretty well. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's pretty cool. So. Well, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think it might be time to do some uh, video talk. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our... Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick-drop return. Open late every night. Well, the perfect video store... Welcome to Blockbuster Video! ...is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. Ah, uh, so obviously we're going to be remembering Blockbuster Video, but before we do, hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have subscribed to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you guys. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. Share the podcast. Uh, and I also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Come on, you'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Plus 10 nerd XP. <laughs> so blockbuster video first opened their doors in 1985 and at its peak in the late 90s blockbuster owned over 9,000 video rental stores in the united states employed 
84,000 people worldwide and had 65 million registered customers. Uh, Blockbuster was once valued as a $3 billion company in just one year. And in just one year, Blockbuster earned $800 million in late fees alone. But in 2010, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy with almost $1 billion in debt because it failed to keep up with competitors like Netflix, who created a DVD-by-mail service. Now, only one Blockbuster survives worldwide. And that one blockbuster is in Bend, Oregon. Uh, so, so obviously we're talking blockbuster, but, you know, really this is like trip down memory lane. Any video store that you love, you know, Hollywood video, blockbuster video. Video you know, your vision. Local, yeah, your local grocery store. <laughs> Man, I miss it. I miss it. Um, What I think about when I think about the video stores is how... Uh, my my parents would take us. We, we rarely went to the movie theater when I was a kid because I was the youngest of six kids. And going to the video store was so much cheaper than trying to pay for all of us to go to the theater. Yeah. And we yeah, would go I have to fond memories our local of like, grocery store. Um, like, I remember like, Blockbuster like coming outing, in and we never you know? went to Blockbuster because it was more expensive than our grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we also would record, we would pick videos based off of whether we wanted to watch them again. And we would have this setup where we would record the movie as we watched it. Oh my What? <laughs> I think that's I think that's stealing, Amanda. It, it is. It is. I know this now as an adult. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't steal a car, would you? <laughs> <laughs> But I would record it on video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I remember doing this. And I, I thought about it when they came out with the DVDs. Well, how am I going to record my videos? <laughs> well, Pete, I mean, Pete, we're, we're not the only ones that miss Blockbuster Video in, in our video places. Like, there was, some, there was something magical about getting out of the house Going into Blockbuster, seeing the rows upon rows of movie possibilities and spending like a good like 20, 30 minutes in there walking up and down, trying to figure out what you wanted to watch and uh, only to only to figure out what you wanted to watch. And then realizing that they supposedly had like 50 copies of it, but all of them were checked out already. <laughs> so. What I loved about the video store was everyone could look at a different movie at the same time instead of one person with the remote and uh, only they get to see things on the TV and pick what we're looking at. Are you are you like saying something to me, Amanda? Yes, I am looking directly at you as I say this. <laughs> you can, you can say thank you for letting uh letting me let you watch awesome stuff. <laughs> But then I don't get to look at awesome stuff I want to watch, and you don't even hear about the Wheel of Time series coming uh, out because it's not on your radar. So, so Jekka, you, so you used to work at a Hollywood video. I did. Is that right? So it, yeah, I actually like. So I got the job um, right before my senior year in high school. 
it was because my one of my mom's friends worked there and so she pretty much hooked me up with it and I worked there for like a good like four years because it was like a great job for college pretty much but yeah so I worked with at Blockbuster's rival Hollywood video and let me tell you like when Blockbuster started doing their no late fee thing we had so many people get mad at Hollywood video because Hollywood video just stuck with their late fee thing so they would get mad at us and they're like, well, why aren't you doing what Blockbuster's doing? And then I remember telling them that if you don't return the movie in 30 days, you end up paying like $10 on top of the cost of the movie brand new. And that was kind of how we'd kick people into like talk them into paying their late fees. Yeah. But, um, I remember one time, like I was really good at getting people to pay their late fees. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, like in our team, we had a competition once to see who could like, like get the most late fees paid off and all that. And I won. And all I would do is anytime someone would have a late fee, I would ask them if they just wanted to put one or $2 towards it. And that's all I would do. I wouldn't ask them if they wanted to pay it all off. I just say, yeah. hey, you want to put a dollar or two towards it kind of thing. And uh, uh, uh- I'm the person that loved when Blockbuster got rid of the late fee, so... Yeah. Oh, no, like, I think so it did, was a good idea. Did you ever, did you <laughs> have any, like, really video, cool, funny you know? stories? Or, like, ever you ever have, like, any kids that were... Sorry, what was that, Austin? I, you started popping you ever, out on Do you ever have any uh, kids try to... You ever, okay, you ever have any kids that try to sneak a... Uh, like a R-rated movie that they shouldn't be watching and they're obviously too young <laughs> trying to rent it. Yes, we would have it all the time. And and the thing about Hollywood Video too is, um, so you would have to set up an account and then you had to put people on the account as well along with their birth dates. Um, and so like we couldn't, like they couldn't just use their parents' account. They had to actually use their own account and then give us their birth date kind of thing. And so the system would flag it if they were trying to rent an R-rated movie or a rated M game. Because after a while, um, Hollywood Video started renting games as well with Game Crazy. Um, so that would happen all the time. The funniest thing is when parents would send their kids in to get movies. And one of those movies would be the R-rated one. And we would the kids would have to call the parents up like on our phones. And we'd have to talk to the parents and get verbal permission before checking the movie out to the kids kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I gotta ask, well, was there ever any repercussion to accidentally uh, renting a kid an R-rated movie? Um, if there was, I never saw it or encountered it. <laughs> so, I mean, we obviously like we're not supposed to like by law, but I'm I know some of my coworkers like if they knew the families really well, they would just rent it out under the parents' name instead of the kids' name. So it, it was one of those things that, like, as long as you didn't get caught, you were fine. And our manager had other things to worry about that she didn't worry about it. <laughs> it no, it, yeah, but is it, was, it actually so, law that you can't do that? Yeah, so I, I got to ask, is that actually law? I, I, I didn't think it was actually law. I thought it was just, like, uh, recommendations that a kid shouldn't be uh, looking at. Corporate policy kind of thing. It, it's corporate policies, yeah. I remember... Yeah. Um, I was 17 and it was an NC 17 movie. What were you, what? What were you watching? Amanda. (laughs) 
Wow, we didn't even have those in Hollywood videos. Okay, so Drunken Masters. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so wait, I was told. Wait, wait, wait. They had NC-17 movies at the grocery store? Okay, so this was at a movie theater. What are you watching? Okay, fine. I'm not going to tell my story. You can tell your story. No, I'm not. Okay, so. Um, no, maybe, maybe a friend of mine just said it was NC-17. It was, it was Drunken Master. So, um, it was a Jackie Chan movie. So I think it's probably rated R, but my friend made such a big deal about going and buying the tickets for me. Um, (laughs) I thought it was ridiculous. Oh, Drunken Master is PG thirteen. What? Okay, this is okay. Maybe it was a different movie. I'm just, I'm remembering. Drunken Master is a good, good movie. <laughs> I'm just remembering my my friend making such a big deal about it. It was so stupid. Uh, so it was actually uh, a Hollywood video that I saw my first uh, UFC. Like, uh, you know, there was like a section of the uh, there was a section mm-hmm. of the movie. Or the video store that had like all like the weird stuff like like the I, I remember seeing like the faces of death videos over in the corner and things like that and then over there with them were all the UFC videos and you know I'm super huge into uh into martial arts and stuff and so I really wanted to watch uh the first UFC and um and so uh it it was I it wasn't till uh Hollywood video started having those UFC uh videos available that, that i was able to start watching i think they had like four or five at the time so i rent, like rented like all of them and just watched them one after another um i don't know do, do you guys remember the last time you actually were in a uh blockbuster or, or a video store absolutely i in fact uh, i remember exactly working? what i said <laughs> okay what, what do you remember bob so Probably about four years ago, I or four or five years ago, I could not find the movie Aladdin anywhere online. You couldn't find it. It was in the Disney vault. This was before Disney Plus or Movies Anywhere. Okay. So Or uh, Disney Movies Anywhere even. So I went down to the local, it was either Hollywood Video or Video Vision. Um, and I rented the DVD, right? And I said to the guy, I said... So what happens if I don't bring this back? He's like, you get life fees. I'm like, what happens if I still don't get, I still don't bring it back. He's like, we'll charge you for the movie. I'm like, what if I just pay you for the movie? And he's like, (laughs) well, we'll send the cops after you to get the movie back. What were you doing, Bob? Trying to like, antagonize. What would happen if I bought the movie from him? You were those people. They will call at that point in, uh, in their business model, they would call the cops to get their movie back. And I'm like, that is a gross over-exaggeration. But I get it. It's a Disney movie. Oh, no. So at, at my Hollywood video store, we people would do that with Nightmare Before Christmas. Like they would rent it out really? and never bring it back. And we would call them and like we would send them to collections. Like that's what normally happened at Hollywood Video. If you didn't pay your late fees, after, like if they were, if your late fees were like above, I think $20 and you didn't pay them at like after a certain time, then they would go to collections. But people all the time, they would, t- they would rent out Nightmare Before Christmas. And we only had one copy of it. 
they would rent it out and they would keep it. And so we'd have to order another one. And finally, oh. my manager was so sick of it that when someone rented it out, like she actually, and they, they weren't bringing it back. She told them that she would call the cops on them. She was going to charge them for two movies worth unless they brought it back by the end of the week. And they did. <laughs> um, but we were so mad that people would try to keep the nightmare before Christmas and like literally steal it from us that way. Like it drove us crazy. Oh, so you were one of those people or you almost were. <laughs> no, wasn't I wasn't one, one of, those of those people. I, <laughs> I could not find Aladdin anywhere. So I asked him what a good way to get the movie was. And he run. He made it clear that there was no way that I was going to be able to permanently take it from that movie store. So, so Bob, did you say this was four years ago? Like in 2016? Four or five years ago? Yeah, I couldn't find Aladdin really? anywhere. I, I'm you sure know, I could have gone online and gotten it, but I just so, wanted to buy it for my daughter. So, I, so it, it couldn't have been a Hollywood video because I'm looking right now on online. It says so, Hollywood video ceased all operations in May 2010 when Movie Gallery, its parent company, declared Chapter 7 bankruptcy. It, it, ah. it, could, have, it could have been a Hollywood video like the last blockbuster well, that's just no longer associated with the main company. You um, mean uh, franchised? Yeah, yeah, franchised. So uh, about four or five years ago, we were driving in Iowa and there was a video store. And I really wanted to, the next day, take my kids to the video store so they could see, they could experience the video store, <laughs> but, but we never did. So, so I, can take my kids. I'm, I don't even think kids. we have any our, our oldest uh, is 10. anymore. Our, our oldest is 10, and she really did not think that a video store was a real thing. Like, she kind of fought, fought us for a little while, thinking that we were trying to trick her. <laughs> and so I had to show her all these videos on YouTube pictures. I'm like, no, this is real. Like you had to like go and get a physical movie and then bring it home and watch it. And then you had to take it back. <laughs> but, well, but, it's you so know, funny let's because, talk about this for a second. Um, so is 2010, you know, is how we consume movies today. All this streaming Netflix, Amazon prime, uh, you know, iTunes, is this the better model? Yeah, Jekyll, go ahead. Okay, sorry. I'm like, I think my... Oh, did we lose? Yeah, I think my internet's just being spotty again. Ugh, techie stuff, right? Um, uh, anyways, so it was interesting because, like, right before I quit Hollywood Video, um, that was around when Redbox oh. was coming out and Netflix was starting to come oh, out, too. Yeah. Can we still... And um, I remember a lot of people asking me if, like, I thought that... Redbox was going to put Hollywood video out of business. And I like when I felt brave enough to, I told them, no, I think Netflix will because Netflix allowed people to like get the movie whenever they wanted. They could return it whenever they wanted. There was like just a monthly fee they paid and they didn't have a late fee, so to speak. So um, I really like Redbox seemed like it was going to be the big competitor that would put rental stores out of business but i was like no i really think it was netflix because people liked that convenience of just like picking it out of the mail and dropping it off in the mailbox kind of thing yeah but red boxes survived there there are still red boxes you can still find those around and yeah. very very rarely 
maybe once or twice a year at max, Amanda and I actually get something from a Redbox. And I don't really know why that's the case, but it's just kind of like a random, like, oh, we'll get it out of Redbox. Because I'd rather pay a dollar to rent something than five bucks on, oh, on Apple iTunes. or iTunes yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I know my family will get Redbox if we happen to get like a free, like a code, like, you know, a coupon to get one free. And then then we'll have our movie nights like we'll go get the free movie we want to watch and then we'll watch it and then yeah. return it the next day. Well, well, check check this out. So uh, Blockbuster had a chance uh, to buy Netflix at one point. They did. Um, and- yeah, they did. And um, uh, Netflix co-founder Mark Randolph in, in September 2019, uh, so just a few months ago, really, wrote a book titled That Will Never Work that describes the uh, the birth of Netflix and really its early uh, business struggles. And in that book, he describes uh, the meeting, the actual meeting that they had with Blockbuster to buy out Netflix. So I'm going to read just a, a few passages from that and we'll get that inside look. And then, you know, we could talk about, you know, what, what, what we thought about it from. But but uh, the evening before the meeting, Netflix co-founders Mark Randolph uh, and Reed Hastings with Netflix CFO Barry McCarthy were in rural California at Netflix's first ever corporate retreat when McCarthy got word that Blockbuster wanted to meet with them. At the time, Netflix was in trouble. The dot-com crash had made it one, made its once rosy future look grim. The idea of a DVD-by-mail rental service was catching on, but not quickly enough for the company to be anywhere near profitable. Two years earlier, Hastings and Randolph uh, had turned down the opportunity to be acquired by Amazon. Now acquisition by Blockbuster seemed like the perfect solution and the perfect lifeline to keep Netflix from going out of business. With this in mind, Netflix executives had been requesting a meeting with Blockbuster's leaderships for months with no response. But now word came that Blockbuster wanted to meet with them at 1130 the following morning, which was less than 12 hours away at their headquarters in Dallas. And Hastings pointed out that the only way that they could make the meeting is if they chartered a plane for 5 a.m. the following morning. So McCarthy objected, saying that they should try and convince Blockbuster to reschedule because the chartered flight would cost the company at least $20,000 when the company was well on its way of running out of money and closing their doors. We've waited months to get this meeting, Hastings replied. We're on track to lose $50 million this year. Whether we pull this off or not, another twenty grand will not make a difference. The logic of this was inescapable. The three of them chartered a plane to meet with Blockbuster's executive brass. Upon arriving at Blockbuster's Dallas headquarters, everything seemed designed to impress visitors with the company's wealth and power. From the building which looked like an unbroken cube of steel and glass to the loafers worn by Blockbuster's CEO, John Antioco. Hastings remembers saying to himself, <laughs> Antioco was ready to hear us out, but what 
we said had better be good because because Antioch's time was very valuable. Heck, his loafers probably cost more than my car. The Netflix team quickly ran over Blockbuster's strengths and then noted that there were areas in which they could benefit from Netflix market position and expertise. We should join forces, Hastings said. We will run the online part of the combined business and you will focus on the stores. We will find the synergies that come from the combination and it will truly be a case of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. Hindsight being 2020, Antioko's response probably ranks very high on his list of things I wish I had never said. The dot-com hysteria is completely overblown and Netflix has slim hopes of being profitable. Blockbuster's general counsel, Ed Steen, then explained how the business models of Netflix and just about every other online business were not sustainable and would never make money. The Netflix executives debated this point with them for a while as Antioco sat and watched the conversation unfold when suddenly one of the Blockbuster executives decided to cut to the chase. Look, if we were to buy you, what were you thinking? I mean, Give us a number. 50 million, Hastings said. Randolph was closely watching Antioco's, uh, Antioco during this conversation. Throughout the debate, the Blockbuster CEO appeared as a polished professor, professional, leaning in and nodding and giving every indication of someone who was listening attentively. But now that the 50 million price tag hung in the air, Randolph observed an odd expression crossed Antioco's face. It started turning upward at the corners of his mouth. It lasted only a moment, but as soon as I saw it, I knew what was happening. John Antioco was struggling not to laugh. The meeting went downhill pretty quickly after that. Needless to say, Blockbuster did not accept the $50 million offer to buy them nor did Blockbuster make a serious counter offer. The meeting adjourned, and it was a long, quiet ride back to the airport. So that is the story of Netflix meeting with Blockbuster to buy them out. I don't know, crazy. So what's really cool is there's a documentary where they go over the rise and fall of Blockbuster and the rise of Netflix because they were just such sharp rises, Yeah, and Blockbusters was such a sharp fall. Yeah, it was. It's very true. Yeah. I remember it just being like all of a sudden the blockbusters and Hollywood videos were disappearing. Like it just seemed like it really did seem like I turned a yeah, corner and I was like, oh, they're gone. You know, it was so weird. Yeah. And then you saw all these empty shells that used to be blockbusters and Hollywood videos. And they would have like the uh, the light stains. Uh, the shadow stains of the uh, the signage on the buildings, and you knew exactly what they were. Well, and, you know. what, what's yes. so crazy to me is they were able to completely wipe out the blockbuster close to me. They kept the building, but it looks nothing like an old blockbuster. They turned it into an a um, standalone emergency room. Oh, that's right, the one in Arvada. Yeah, yeah, that does look wow. weird. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but check us out though. So we have one blockbuster video left in the world in uh, Bend, Oregon, and uh, it somehow has been able to survive ten years with the with the main headquarters disappearing. It's a single standalone franchise. 
that's not attached to the main bankruptcy that Blockbuster went through. And so, so they've survived this long, but you know, they are now facing COVID-19. Nobody is going out. And, you know, I was kind of worried thinking that COVID-19 might be the death of the last Blockbuster. And uh, so I decided, <laughs> are you ready for this? I decided to give that Blockbuster a call. <laughs> I actually I actually called the very last Blockbuster. <laughs> now, check this out. Before I play the video. The audio. Or, yeah, before I play the audio. Um, Boy, they they picked up immediately, and it caught me off guard. Like I, like I didn't really put any thought into this phone call beforehand. I was just, I was like, oh, I'll just call him real quick. And I was in my mind as the phone was ringing, I was going to think of things to say, and uh, it kind of, it kind of <laughs> turned it into a a ding dong ditch type of uh, situation. So I'm, it's not my greatest interview, but it's kind of funny nonetheless. So so here is me calling the very last blockbuster on earth here we go all right here we go i'm about ready to call the last blockbuster <laughs> yes are you guys still open yes oh great uh you guys are doing okay during the pandemic oh yeah yeah we're doing great <laughs> oh okay all right and then uh, what are your hours right now uh 10 30 to 8 and fridays and saturdays are 10 30 to 9 all right perfect thanks so much yeah, have a good day. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> that was it! <laughs> that was it! Oh, I mean, oh, my gosh. Oh, that just brought back a flood of memories. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they answered the phone immediately. The person just might have just had to be, like, standing right there. as it, Like, there was no ringing. I mean, you you heard it. It, 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 it caught me off guard completely, so, I, so I, it kind of turned into a ding-dong bitch. Like, oh! Uh, what's your hours? Yeah, that's the real reason why I'm calling. And you oh. left them thinking that you were going to come in and you they're probably like, oh, we're going to get someone. We're going to get someone. <laughs> uh, Man. You know, I just had the craziest idea just now that okay. um, Netflix should do a, uh, a an April Fool's joke. Oh, where they introduce late thieves. Uh, that would be be hilarious (laughs) oh so there there's actually uh you know i you know after after i ding dong ditched the last blockbuster on earth i I wasn't too proud of myself i felt i felt pretty bad um and uh, i actually uh tried calling him back uh to uh to see if maybe i could just sit down and talk with him for five minutes or so but uh but that but they, they put me on hold uh, and I, and then I chickened out. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, like this is, this is crazy. I've, I've, I've sat down with legitimate movie stars, you know, Sam Witwer, uh, I, I sat down with, uh, Timothy Zahn and I've had like legitimate, like lengthy interviews, but for some reason I was really nervous about talking to, <laughs> to the last blockbuster on earth. You're nervous so, to talk to a regular person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So so I ended up finding I uh, finding out that the, the the last blockbuster on Earth has actually been getting a lot of press recently about the COVID nineteen situation, and so I just uh, I recorded a little clip from uh, Inside Edition uh, talking with them. So we'll, we'll just listen to that real quick. 
At a time when so many businesses are struggling, the world's very last blockbuster is still surviving. And the owner may have some tips that are helpful for other businesses trying to keep afloat during the pandemic. The last blockbuster video rental store in the world isn't going to let COVID-19 bring it down. We've faced many challenges over the years and uh, we've managed to muddle through and we will this one too. We first told you about the sole surviving blockbuster located in Bend, Oregon a year ago. In its heyday, there were more than 9,000 blockbuster stores worldwide. Now there's just one left. And general manager Sandy Harding says the store is using all-American ingenuity to stay in business by adapting to the COVID-19 pandemic. Everyone's wearing gloves. Um, We have masks now for the employees that we had to wait for that we just got in. Week. We have one way in, one way out, a limit of 10 people at a time. Every video gets wiped down before it leaves the store and when it's returned. And for the first time ever, the store is who don't want to leave their cars. We put them um, clean, nice and, and wiped down into a Ziploc bag and then carry them out so that they're not being touched with bare hands at any point um, and they're nice and safe for everybody. They're doing all they can to keep keep things safe. We're not going anywhere. The last blockbuster will stay alive and we'll keep the name going. And the most popular rentals, Contagion and Outbreak. No surprise there. <laughs> yeah, I think, no surprise. I think we watched Contagion and Outbreak within, yeah, within the first week of the pandemic. So, I don't know. Alright, so so to wrap up tonight, any, any last uh, favorite blockbuster Hollywood video stories? Anything else? I think Anything I else? Uh, returned I rented and returned all of the Mega Mans for um all of the Mega Mans for the Nintendo NES in one uh. night. Claiming <laughs> and I'm ashamed to say claiming that they didn't work, but I rented them, played them and returned them <laughs> throughout the course nice. of an entire day while I was sick. I would just keep walking back to the video store and getting more more Mega Man. <laughs> Since then, did I have they, not played Mega Man. They, did, they didn't recognize you? Or they, they I don't just, think they, they much cared. Oh, from someone who worked at Hollywood Video, we probably took note of it, but then we were like, eh, there, we don't have proof. We can't like just say no. So we just took it and rolled with it. Because there were a couple times, like, we would check discs, and we're like, this disc looks fine. And we're like, well, whatever, the customer is always right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that was the thing, too, about renting video games, is that you're like, you you have to, like, plow through those video games, because you're like, I am am going to beat this game within three days, and I'm not going to rent it any longer. I've got to plow through it, binge this game, and and knock it out. That that was my, that was my... uh, my strategy every time I got a game. Oh man. I I do miss so working at a video rental store, I got to rent movies for free and the new releases I got to rent like a week before. I could only keep them for one day, but that was a nice perk that I really miss. Like it was oh, nice yeah. being able to do that. Well, uh my family for New Year's, we would always rent three movies. Um and go and pick them out for New Year's Eve and watch movies all night. And that was always really a lot of fun to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my my last memory, um, or my, my, my fondest memories of Blockbuster is uh, 
is me actually trying to work at Blockbuster. I, uh, you know, back in my uh, my late teens, early twenties, uh, you know, I kept putting in application after application. I mean, I worked at a movie theater forever, and I wanted to work at a Blockbuster too because I, you know, I love movies. And uh, I, they just would never hire me for some reason, and I never, I could never get that. I was like, no, do you not realize that you want a super movie nerd working at Blockbuster to tell people, you know, what movies they should rent and what which ones they should stay away from? <laughs> oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah, I was like practically so hired on the spot. It was funny. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. In my interview, I was asked what were my three favorite characters and what movies they came from, and I remember. I remember seeing Pippin from Lord of the Rings because that was when uh, the Fellowship of the Ring had come out. And I remember seeing Aladdin, like a character from Aladdin. I can't remember who because I really liked Aladdin at the time. And then I can't remember my third one. But that was like part of the interview process was we were asked what our favorite movie was and our favorite characters for movies. So that's funny, Austin. I'm sorry you didn't get it. You would have been a worthy opponent. I should have. I should have just uh, right then and there dropped uh, the opening scroll of Star Wars Episode Four uh, from memory, which go. I can do. Even today. Oh, no, we, no. no, you can do no. it. I'm not gonna do. It, I'm not gonna do it right now. I'm not gonna do it right now. But I'm just saying, like, but like, you were thinking. No, about no, 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 no. It's you like you were. They, they hand. No, no. Just picture this. I'm, I'm standing there in front of the counter. You know, little seventeen-year-old nerdy Austin with a couple pimples on my face. They hand me an application, and I just I, I put a hand to block it push it away and i just go it is a period of civil war rebel spaceship yeah from we're stopping we're stopping no, no, i knew this was gonna happen and then, and then and then when i get done with the opening scroll i just say i can start on monday and then i walk out and then i walk out walk out walk back in a monday morning <laughs> all of some type and whatnot oh man so all right. Well, man, it's been it's been over uh, Blockbuster and Hollywood and all those What's other that? cool cool places. But uh, folks, thanks so no, much for listen. joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Sorry, for some reason, the outro music is not working like it's normal. One of those days. Come on, I'm hitting the button here. What's going on? Da 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 da. Anyways, Bob, can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear you. Okay. Ah, there we go. Oh, and then I just turned it off. Boy, I'm I'm rolling I'm rolling a one at the end of the podcast, folks. Here, here we go. Hey, I'm not all right. Thank-, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you find us. Hey, next week. We are going to be talking Star Trek Lower Decks. That's right. The animated series is premiering on CBS All Access, and we're going to talk Star Trek Lower Decks next week. So if you get a chance to watch it, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast, and you just might be featured on the upcoming show. You can also email us like... Michael did earlier your thoughts on Star Trek Lower Decks at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter by searching Super Nerd Podcast. Give us a like, give us a share, and tell a friend about us. But hey, 
from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast. Stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. This is... Come again. Come again. Brick and Mortar first appeared in 85. Beta and VHS brought old movies to life. It's just a shame your business model can't survive. Oh, oh. And now just network says you're going to close your doors. Because of Amazon Prime and those red box whores. At least we won't hear, please be kind, rewind no more. Oh, oh. And now my children, oh, oh, will never know you. Digital killed the video store. Digital killed the video store. Netflix came and broke your heart. Oh, And soon the VHS gave rise to DVD. But then came Blu-ray, Ultraviolet, and 3D. It can't compare with streaming live on your TV. Oh, oh, you were the first one. Oh, oh, you were the last one. Digital killed the video store. Digital killed the video store. On my phone and from my car. Technology has come so far. Digital killed the video store. Digital killed the video store. On my phone and from my car. Technology has come so far. Netflix came and broke your heart. Put the blame on DVRs. Digital killed the video store. 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 Digital killed the baby